0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Man Watch Required, the podcast that tries to shed some light on the uh, inspection industry, trying to make it entertaining and informative at the same time. Now that uh, everyone's all certified after listening to the last episode on certs, you're probably wondering what a claw job is. Well, stay tuned and maybe you'll find out.
1: Got here we are, Frank. We're back. Tenth episode. Been gone a little while. I think we missed like two upload cycles. Almost. Hey.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. I think our uh, five or six listeners might have dropped off.
1: A <laughs> couple people uh, noticed, I'm sure. But uh, thank you. We've been getting some great feedback on the podcast. Uh, we are kind of out working some jobs, and uh, work life kind of got in the way of doing the podcast. As this is kind of a hobby still, so. We know we gotta take the priorities and make them work, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, life gets in the way sometimes, I guess. But yeah, it's it's good to have some uh feedback, either positive or negative. It's all been positive so far, but just just anything, right? Instead of uh just silence, now we know people are actually listening. So that's that's a good thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, it's been pretty neat. It's pretty neat to see uh what people have to say and reactions to the last few episodes. So thanks for listening again and, uh, definitely tell your friends subscribe. Scott, I guess we'll start the episode, uh, talking about what we've been up to in the last little bit. Uh,
0: yeah. Update the listeners. Maybe it seems like we've been off the air for a while. So, uh, Yep. see what kind of excuse we have. <laughs> yeah,
1: we we had a couple busy uh, turnarounds to work, uh, as you guys probably know from all the turnaround talk and stuff from the previous episodes, but we tried to record as many episodes before we got into the turnaround months here, and we failed miserably, and we we missed a couple, <laughs> but we got most of them down and, and out to you guys to listen to, some. Scott, what do you think, uh, any highlights from the last couple turnarounds we worked? We actually had the opportunity to work two turnarounds back-to-back together. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was kind of nice. Um, <laughs> even the one, the couple episodes we we did on turnarounds, that was leading into uh, the one that we were working together. So that one was kind of no surprise. And then, and then uh, we jumped on to another one right after that. Not really surprisingly, but a little more short notice than we'd normally have. And we both ended up on it on the same shift. So that was kind of nice. Got to work in Saskatchewan, see what that's all about. Land of the big sky, right? Yeah, Yeah, something like that. (laughs) (laughs) So that was fun. Uh, Yeah, it's been a busy, it's been a different year with uh, essentially no spring turnarounds or not too many, at least for the ones we ended up on. It's kind of a busy summer right into the fall. And into the late fall type of thing where it's usually, you know, quieter summer and, and busy in the fall. So it's kind of a extended, no turnaround season in the spring, but like a really extended, you know, summer slash fall one. So it's been a busy couple of months really.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people listening can relate to like totally messed up our summer and, and mostly fall. If you like getting out there and enjoying the outdoors and stuff like that, like you spent it working twelves, I guess, which isn't a bad thing cause you're working, but at the same yeah. time, all those wonderful summer days just slip away like nothing.
0: Oh, yeah, or short summers.
1: <laughs> short summers. <laughs> they are.
0: Oh, yeah, especially when you're working. It seems like we did not even have one.
1: Yeah. So um, last episode, like Scott alluded to uh, earlier here, was all about uh, certifications and stuff like that. So if you were interested on possible what certifications to get and uh, maybe a path to get them or maybe a specific path to kind of take to gain knowledge on your quest for obtaining certifications. That's kind of what it was. So we figured naturally we should jump into uh assuming you're certified now, what kind of jobs you can get on. I know we've alluded to uh claw jobs a lot uh, <laughs> and it's kind of been a little bit of a joke, but Scott, would you like to allude to what claw jobs
0: are? <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's, it's something we mentioned, uh, I think on a few episodes and I don't know if it started out as a joke, but it's kind of a name that's stuck now. And I think other people even refer to them um, like that too. Uh, where the name comes from, I guess is just um, like one of those claw machines where you're trying to get the, the, the teddy bear or the candy or whatever they have in there. Um, so essentially you're in a room with a bunch of inspectors and the, the, the coordinator or the foreman or whatever want to call them calls upon you. It's basically the claw reaching in there and grabbing you and, plucking you out. So, um, (laughs) I I think we'll get into, um, I'd like to say different levels of claw job, if you will, where there's the one extreme where you are just, you're like the GoPro guy, right? You just go in, you do your visual, you write the report, you don't know anything about the history and you don't have any follow-up. And then there's, I think we'll maybe lead into more like an embedded type of role where you're really involved. You're essentially a like another staff person you just paid a little differently but uh you essentially doing all the same things that they are so maybe we'll kind of start with um the extreme claw um should we your,
1: yeah sorry, sorry sorry should we allude to like how we get onto claw jobs first or are we going to include that later we, we actually don't have that written down on the board yeah that's
0: a that's a good point um yeah let's let's jump into that it's uh what do you have to say? you seem like you're in i
1: really itching to say something if you're if you're wondering how to be so lucky as to be chosen by the claw. um <laughs> uh, uh normally, I think you know there's a lot of big uh n d e companies out there who are who are always looking for bodies and stuff like that, and even some of the the smaller ones who just need to kind of man up for a specific job. You know they'll they'll put calls out. You'll see them on Indeed or wherever other job posting websites. There, you know, five ten five seventy inspector wanted. Uh, They might throw a couple NDE certs under there as a bonus if you if you have them show up. Mm-hmm. Bring your boots and your lunch pail, and they'll give you everything else you need to go right. So, just kind of if you are looking for a job and you kind of just want to get some nitty and gritty experience, you know, these kind of jobs are there and. You learn fast and hard, I guess, would be another kind of caveat to put on here.
0: Yeah, there's good and bad to those jobs. And then I, I guess as you get more experience, those jobs are all about networking too. And yeah. and no different than an embedded type of job. That's a networking type of thing you'd lead into as eventually too. Um, like the job we just did in Saskatchewan there, I think I, I knew or worked with uh, almost everybody on that site, even actually like half of them we'd all worked together like a couple of years ago, all in the same crew. So it's, uh, it's somewhat of a small world and, you know, everybody kind of networks together. So that was, that kind of made that one fun.
1: Yeah. It was actually a really pleasant surprise, uh, aside, you know, Scott and I just thought we'd know each other there, but when we got there, it was uh, a big, happy family and everyone, it was a great time actually. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There was like, you know, one or two other guys I knew that were going or thought were going, but I, I, didn't expect to know, you know, the whole trailer full of guys. So that was, yeah, that was fun.
1: Yeah, no, that was a good time. So yeah, definitely Scott brought up a good point is networking. So, you know, don't lose your cool on the job, you know, be friendly, be kind to people because you never know, especially in inspection, it's actually a fairly small world Mm -hmm. and you run into the same faces all the time. So I guess kind of be courteous and hold your tongue sometimes if you need to.
0: Yeah. I mean, doing a good job gets you another job, but I mean, doing a bad job, you know, that'll uh, get you off some lists too, right? You know, those same people come around and if your your name gets remembered enough too many times for bad reasons, that, that can get you off a list too, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: So it goes both ways. Yeah. No, it definitely does. Okay. So back on track. Sorry, Scott, I kind of threw you off there. Um, different, I guess, levels of claw jobs and what we mean by levels would kind of Kind of go by your roles and your responsibilities kind of or expectations for the job. Uh, Scott alluded to there might be some jobs or we kind of, you know, lean towards, you know, there might be jobs where they just want warm bodies there to fill seats. And then when your number is called or when the claw comes to pick (laughs) you, you get dropped into the plant with a permit and you got to go crawl through a a drum or a vessel or a column or something like that and kind of do it blindly almost and kind of go from there.
0: Yeah, that, that's it. Like the, uh, the only history you have on that vessel is the, the permit, the coordinator hands you <laughs> with the equipment number and, oh, okay, now I can find this thing. And, um, I'm not a, a, I don't think that's the best way to do a job, but I mean, that, that is how a lot of them are done. Uh, typically the, the shorter, um, shorter windows with a lot of inspections type of jobs are done that way. Um, you know, the staff people not know their history and everything, and, and I'm sure they do, uh, whatever they do with it after and, and it's fine, but, um, Yeah, that that's the kind of the extreme claw where you're. Yeah, you don't know anything about it. You don't really know any of the scope until you're 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 the chosen one and you go out there and (laughs) and usually your scope's the visual and you don't even know what the NDE scope is. There's likely some, but you're you know you're not coordinating it. You're not involved in it. You're not handling the reports. Nothing. You're you're just the visual guy and you know go do it. Write your report sit down, wait for your next one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That can, those jobs can actually be a little frustrating for myself personally. Cause I, <laughs> I uh, invest heavily into the job or work scope, I guess uh, <laughs> I could say lately. <laughs> but you know, I, I really like to take ownership of stuff and kind of figure out what's happening, what's happened to the vessel before and, and where it's going to, what my inspection is going to produce, right? Even if we do, I like to be involved in the NDE and, and, see it, see kind of like the whole thing through, like the whole process through, I guess, and kind of feel good about signing it off. Sometimes claw jobs, you don't get that, which some guys like, and I'm not also going to lie. Sometimes it's nice to just show up, do a quick inspection and write a report. And then, you know,
0: yeah, they, they are a nice little treat sometimes. Um, Like we had a good example, this, this fall, summer, fall, uh, you know, strange season we had here where we were you know, we we're on the opposite end where we we're heavily involved in everything for the, for the one turnaround. And then, yeah. and then the other one, it was, you know, it wasn't the, the super extreme end of the claw jobs, but it was pretty close. And it was, um, I know it, t- <laughs> it took you a bit of getting used to, but, uh, it, it was kind of a nice little, uh, I don't want to say vacation cause they're still, you know, working and getting paid for it, but it, it was kind of a nice little treat where you're, uh, you know, you're you're just doing your inspection thing. You're not you're not really worrying about everything else too much. I think we're still involved with the ND people and that, so there there's, there's a little pull there. But it was um, nothing like the one we did before. It was it was a lot more relaxed as far as our responsibility. So it, it was kind of nice.
1: Yeah, it definitely was kind of nice. Um, but not having that level of involvement definitely <laughs> did get to me a little bit. Not that I needed to control her or have ownership of everything it was just I wanted to know when I was needed and and be there not be that wink weak link in the chain in the progression of the vessel during the turnaround right it was I had a tough time kind of pinning down when I needed to be at certain spots which I don't want to make it sound negative like everything got completed (laughs) and everything but it was just it like Scott said it took me a little bit of getting used to because I had been in, in a in a embedded position, which we'll touch on in a bit for quite a while and, and was used to having a lot of ownership over stuff. So.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's tough. You don't you don't want to be the holdup and it, it's hard not to be when you, you have little to no involvement there and you're just, you're just waiting on that call and like you, you have your radio down too low or something and that's it. you, you blew it. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's that, it happens that quick. Right. So yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of tough on that aspect, but I mean, there's good things about it too. I mean, if you happen to get on one of these as a new inspector, um, it, it provided there's enough manpower and everybody's not super busy all the time, um, it can be good opportunities to kind of learn, uh, especially some equipment maybe you're not really comfortable with, where you can you can tag along with a more senior guy and kind of go through something like that. So there, there's good and bad to these claw jobs. Um, it just depends on how you look at it and, and how they're laid out.
1: Yeah, they're actually also pretty good opportunities to... Um, learn because uh, you do get in stuff quick, dirty. You do your inspection and you write your report. So it helps you kind of streamly, streamline that process for yourself and kind of get organized. You have to be organized. But also uh, one thing I noticed was a lot of the guys, sadly, Scott and I didn't do this. I don't think he'd want to do it with me anyway, but a lot of the guys partnered up and they execute executed inspections together. And that really... Mm-hmm. That, you know, you also, for somebody new, you're going to learn off somebody who has more experience and hopefully someone who does it, who does things right. But also, you know, like we talked about doing, uh, when we talked about our report writing and inspections, like you have somebody else there to quickly bounce ideas off of or validate something which you, you see and somebody else is there to be like, yeah, that is kind of weird or yeah, that does kind of look like that. You know, a lot of guys buddy up and it's a good opportunity to kind of learn off each other, especially to two people who one person has experience and one doesn't have experience or two people who have complementary experiences where you can kind of feed mm-hmm. off each other and learn.
0: Yeah, no, that is a good point. And it can be good opportunities for those, especially, I mean, smaller equipment and that just, it doesn't work space wise as well, but yeah, <laughs> things like towers, especially bigger ones that have, you know, two or more manways, ways. Um, those are just so much easier to do with two people. Uh, you can just, instead you're not going up and down so much and, and it, yeah, it is a good opportunity. Like if you're given a, you know, a lot of time to do the inspection and you do have a newer person, um, like a, a tower with the, with two manways is, is a great opportunity because you can each go down a side, then you can even switch and go back up if you want. And then, you know, the more senior guy gets a look at both, make sure nothing is missed. And then if something was found, it can be pointed out and the, the more junior inspector can have a look at it when you go back up, that type of thing, right? Just, uh. Something I just
1: thought of. Yeah, no, no, for sure. (laughs) Typically when I take a new inspector in though, uh, or like an engineer, they'll always find something before me and it just totally <laughs> chaps me. Like, it's totally like, oh, I should have went and looked at that side first.
0: Oh, yeah, knew that was there. Yeah. I was leaving it for you. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it's good because they find it and you kind of show them the process to go through. Okay, now that you've identified something, like, now what do we do about it? Let's, this is the next step. This is how we handle it. So it's good. And it, it is fun to watch somebody kind of discover something for the first time, right? <laughs> yeah, so,
0: sure. It's like, you know. like, uh, just, um. Uh, christmas morning or something i guess finding that present that you're waiting for
1: yeah you know aside (laughs) aside from finding like pitting and stuff but like when you find like a a blatant crack or something sure you know it is kind of exciting and even when uh, internals are deformed and stuff like that like it's pretty neat because even just the sheer amount of force that caused those internals like to get deformed or crumpled up it takes quite a bit it's pretty impressive
0: yeah even like some of that process engineering stuff that we're not you know, always as concerned with, but yeah, that's the stuff that gets trashed a lot of times and it's, it's kind of cool to see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's pretty fun. <laughs> I always know you're going to have a good inspection when you like poke your head in the bottom man way and there's a pile of trays. Oh yeah. yeah. That's the best. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Got yeah. a good one. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, um, next kind of thing is, uh, with these claw jobs is sometimes like on the extreme end, you'll have limited involvement, uh, Kind of like with the NDE crews, you kind of you might just get reports, and you may not be able to talk to them. You'll have limited involvement with uh, the trades, uh, maybe the uh, trades QC uh, for the reporting, and even uh, even the internal company updates, which typically on these jobs would be handled by the unit inspectors, right?
0: Yeah, like whatever kind of IMS program they're running, you're, you're not likely going to have anything to do with that. You're not even going to know what they're operating probably unless you've worked there as an embedded guy or something like that. But even, yeah. even the planning and stuff that goes into it, you're going to have nothing to do with that. You're likely going to come in. I've been on... The, a, a few extreme claw jobs, I like to sneak them in once in a while. And it's, um, <laughs> <laughs> you go in and it's usually a, a quick in-dock, like um, four hours type of thing. It's usually on a smaller facility where it's not not a big drawn out mm-hmm. uh, orientation type of thing. So you get in there and it's, um, you know, just about noon or so, let's say halfway through your day. And uh, as soon as you get to that trailer, it's like, hey, boots on, we, we got this one ready for you. like, what? I don't even know which way north is. <laughs>
1: oh, it must be, wow, hey.
0: Oh yeah. Those ones are good. So it's, yeah. uh, Where was it going with that? Getting back to the planning aspect of it. Yeah. You have no involvement in that. So there's no, um, there's no history available for you. You definitely didn't put it together. You didn't put the scope together. All you know is um, the coordinator grabs you and says, we need a five ten inspection. Oh, okay. That's, that's it. Um, This is the equipment number. Do you have a drawing? Nope. It's over there somewhere. Go find it, do the inspection, write the report. So
1: Yeah. Uh, Maybe one thing to say, like, even though it's really good to know damage mechanisms and like causes and stuff like that, at the end of the day, like one of my old mentors, like who was a good inspector, he just didn't have, didn't care to have process knowledge. He goes, it's steel, it's going to be damaged or it's not damaged. There's a minimum thickness and the thickness it was brand new. It's just, you got to work it all out. And if it's going to get damaged, it's damaged. And if it's cracked, you repair it. He does a lot
0: of claw jobs, I guess.
1: uh, he was salty as yeah. hell. It was <laughs> working with him was such a pleasure. Like it was one of my favorite guys to work with. It was just <laughs> the driest sense of humor, and it, like he always was teaching you stuff. So it was really good. Yeah, I mean that's
0: that's one way to look at it. And a lot of people have that opinion, and it, I mean that, that's fine. I guess like you're not going to go too wrong with that. But I mean to get the the best, and most optimal inspection, you're. You should know the process conditions and, and even the operating history and, you know, just some of the inspection history. Like that, that's all laid out in code and recommended practice too, that that's all part of the inspection too, right? So to I don't know. That's why I have a hard time when that gets all disregarded. But at the same time, you're you're paid to be there, to be the GoPro, to, to go through it and to write the report and, and to keep your mouth shut after that. So, I mean, that's what they want you to do. That's what you're there to do.
1: Yeah. And I guess don't be shy. And if you do come into contact or even ask your coordinator, you know, can I get a previous inspection report or something like kind of ask for these documents. And if they're not available to you, my personal opinion would be put that in the report, like no previous history was provided, Uh, API internal completed, you know, either as found or after cleaning, and then list what you found, kind of go through your, your report. Yeah, just cover yourself. And
0: just to clarify, where like these places don't—that's not the end of the road. Like the the, the unit inspectors that work there full time, like they they put a lot of time into planning this. They know the history. Yeah. They'll they'll take that report and they'll they'll input the data that they need. They'll update their IMS systems and whatever they use. So that that's all happening in the background. It's just when you're when you're in the cage and in on the claw. Um, you're just not involved in that. That's all. It's it is happening. You just have nothing to do with it.
1: Yeah, and actually, something popped into my head that happened to me on the last job we were on. Just verify that your drawings. Every vessel I got, <laughs> the drawings were wrong for it, or it had multiple half drawings for it that were, you know, fun to put piece together to kind of get the inspection <laughs> done. So actually, a recommendation, something that I did was I took one of the GAs and kind of remarked it up. So they had kind of like, at least for the next inspection, that was in my report. And the next inspector going in would be like, oh, okay, they removed these level of trays or they added a nozzle here. or These nozzles are in this orientation and not as as shown on the drawing. So kind of make life easier for yourself, but maybe for the unit inspector, which adds a little bit of value, not that... Well, yeah, you do. You want to do a good job. And then even for the next guy, and it might be you coming back the next the next time that gets that vessel again, and you'd be happy you did that work.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I hope you kept a copy of that because you know they're not updating that drawing <laughs> yeah. for the next four
1: years. Not a chance. <laughs> Straight to the recycle bin. Yeah. So, uh, What else do we got here? Um, that's kind of it. Um, yeah, we had like... Uh, we, t- we
0: touched on the trades and just kind of rattle off some things there, but like even the, when you do find some repairs and there, there's obviously contracts there to do the repair work and a QC team and all that stuff. But the, this is one of the things that uh, bothers me the most about the claw jobs is just, um, especially the the extreme end ones. Um, you don't get any involvement in the repair scope and that's the best part. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's fun to find the damage, but it's fun to, um, put together a plan, um, how you're going to fix this, talk with the repair contractor, get their input. You know, if it's welding, see, see what kind of uh, welding procedures they have, you know, put that all together, postal heat treat, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, see it all through, you know, hydro test the equipment if, if that's necessary, you know, and and then uh, the turnover package, documentation, all that good stuff. So that that's all like um, stuff I enjoy doing as well where when you're on the the claw job you just don't have anything to do with that when when the repairs do come up it's usually the um, you know the staff uh, unit inspectors that the guys in the background doing all the all the stuff that we don't get to do they'll they'll kind of take that on as well too so that's another kind of unfortunate thing where you you miss out on those Um, but I guess when you're when you're new and just getting into it it's kind of nice because it's not too many things to have to worry about but that's kind of another uh, aspect of the, the claw job is you're, you're not likely going to be involved in repairs at all. You might find them, report them, and that's it. You have no idea if they even fixed it. They, they likely did. You just, you're just not involved in it.
1: Yeah, I definitely struggle with that. But usually the process is that like you'll do your inspection. There'll be some sort of um, deficiency report or something that you fill out that goes to either the unit inspectors or the engineering department they assess it if it needs to be repaired or not and then like scott said they'll issue the repair scope to the contractor who's conducting the repair and you most likely won't have anything to do with it which may be good or be bad but usually that's all the fun stuff like you get to see the excavations you you verify that it's out you monitor them and they will well build well build it back up so you know it's it's really gives you a kind of satisfaction that you completed the job you've inspected it you repaired it that manway's buttoned up that's fun let's move on to the next one um go ahead i, I go ahead <laughs>
0: yeah just going to add to that like it's just kind of nice the whole process like you go in you find something you come up with a plan the repair contractor fixes it you inspect it you sign off the documentation it it's just a whole nice circle close the manway and it's just it's like s- sense of accomplishment instead of just having like one little piece of that pie.
1: Yeah. Um, maybe one quick thing that I feel like we're jumping like, Oh, one more thing, one more thing. But, uh, <laughs> if you are working a claw job and you are going to submit some sort of deficiency report or recommendation for repair, make sure you have information to back that up. Did you do UT thickness readings in those locations? Did you request uh LPI or mag on a specific location where you suspected something? Uh, is there any other things that you could do? Like, could you assess it? I know we've talked about external UT grids, unfound corrosion, stuff like that. Just keep that kind of stuff in mind. And then when you submit that deficiency report to whoever needs to see it, they have as much information as they need to make a proper decision. Cause if you give them a half story or an incomplete story, they might recommend a repair that won't be sufficient or it'll be inadequate, I guess.
0: Yeah. Or, or they'll disregard it cause there's not enough, yeah, yeah. Uh, Actually, not enough information there they're just not going to buy into it. Right. Um, You know, hopefully they would maybe go in and look at it themselves if, if the, if that's the case, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want (laughs) to, you want to have a recommendation there. You want to have some evidence to back it up too. Right. And you know, things like pitting and that put depths, right. Don't just say it's, it's, there's some pitting here, some pitting there, it's scattered pitting. Uh, That doesn't do anybody any good. Um, I don't think we'll go too, too much more into that. I think we've talked about, Reporting and how, how that goes on in the previous episode, and maybe we'll bring that to life in another one. But yeah, just some little side nuggets
1: there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much we could talk about reporting before people stop listening. <laughs> so, best, for quick and dirty jobs, claw jobs is is kind of what you want. I don't want to say it's really fast money or quick money, but like they usually pay pretty decently. You're gonna go in, walk out with a bag of cash. Do the best job that you can. Now. Kind of, I don't want to say the Holy Grail, but uh, <laughs> this should be good. <laughs> the job that that is desirable, especially amongst contract inspectors, would be some sort of type uh, is the next type of position you could get with your is an, an embedded position where you're close to home. Uh, maybe there's a refinery and or uh, some sort of facility. Doesn't have to be a refinery, but some sort of facility that requires pressure equipment inspection close to your house or in the city where you don't have to do a camp job or something like that. That's your embedded positions, right?
0: <laughs> I don't know about Holy grail. I think that just, uh, <laughs> that depends on the the individual and, and you know what they like to do. Um, I mean, there's, there's negatives with that too, right? It's you're, and this all depends on 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 what you're after and what your where your interests lie. I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of forty hours, a lot more computer time, not not as much hands on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's more um, it's a, I won't I don't want to say secure because nothing's really too secure in this industry. But it's a lot more. Um, you have more of a farther look ahead. Usually, those jobs are like a year, two year at a time type of thing. Yeah. So that that's kind of nice. As a contractor, you can okay, I'm going to make this amount of money for this amount of time. So that that helps. That's kind of nice. Um, one drawback to doing um, those jobs for too long is you, you lose the networking a little bit for the turnarounds. So, it's, I mean, there's pros and cons to both, and it just depends where your interests lie. Um, you don't run into the repairs quite as often, other than, you know, maintenance stuff, but you're not, like with the turnarounds, where we're running into, like, miles and miles of repairs. Um, so it's just a little bit different uh, atmosphere, I guess. Way
1: to smack down my holy grail.
0: (laughs) I wasn't smacking it down, but uh, holy grail, I think, is a little little much. Claw jobs are pretty good too sometimes.
1: (laughs) You just like being abused, that's all. (laughs) So having these type of, uh, being in this type of position, you're actually, you have more opportunity to learn about processes and specific damage mechanisms. So like the trade-off is, like Scott said, it's going to be, probably less hours a week, like 40 hours a week, kind of like a, you know, nine to five, even though it's probably going to be like seven to five thirty, whatever. But
0: yeah, closest to bankers. Jeez, that was terrible. Close to bankers hours as, uh, as we get. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then um, probably won't pay as much as turnarounds or claw jobs, obviously. But it's the trade off is the knowledge and Scott also said that you'll be doing a lot of maintenance repairs. So you do get to see a lot more on-the-run stuff, leaks and uh, other issues that come up while the plant is operating as opposed to just a, an empty semi-clean vessel that you got to cr- crawl through, right?
0: Yeah, replacing so, steam traps and exciting things like that. Stuff like that. I
1: mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, steam traps, you know, you get to kind of figure out, like, problems, v- stuff you wouldn't normally see, like you wouldn't normally get to do like a valve inspection or see specific components as much on a turnaround as you would on the run. And even like types of like erosion and stuff on a downstream of a control valve or something where the piping kind of develops a pinhole or something like that. Like you get to see cool, cool kind of stuff like that and everyday occurrences that kind of happen in refineries and how to kind of mitigate them and repair them, I guess, even though they're usually pretty easy on piping.
0: Yeah. Different, uh, disasters, I guess, if you want to call them that, like with the turnaround, it's all planned and known to some extent. There's always, um, little things you find, but you're, you know, it's, there's nothing too, too surprising. It's always, uh, I shouldn't say that either, but it, it, the bulk of it is planned. So you go in, you kind of know you're going to fix some stuff. You maybe don't know what always, but you know, there's going to be a little bit here, a little bit there. And it's a kind of controlled environment in a, in a window. Um, now, you don't have disastrous stuff all the time either on maintenance on the run either, but you do have those other little things, you know, pinhole leaks and stuff like that. You're not going to see in a turnaround one because the, the plant shut down. Um, and then you'll be expecting, inspecting that and ideally finding that, you know, right before it was about to fail or something like that. Mm-hmm. That would be a best case scenario, right? Then you're repairing it before that happens. So just a little bit different uh, side of it, I guess, if you will.
1: Yeah, no, that's pretty good. And even you know, you kind of get to see the back end on how the scopes are created. Just kind of like Scott and I were doing turnaround planning. Uh, you kind of figure out why, like, why are we looking between these tray levels, or why are we, you know, doing mag or assessing for a certain type of acidic pitting or something? Because we, well, you know, a few months back there was a massive pH swing in the unit, and now we suspect, you know, some carryover, or something, some damage may have happened in this vessel. So add it to the inspection scope and we'll inspect for it when we can get in and have a chance because it may not be accessible on the run.
0: Yeah. And that that is probably the biggest um, advantage to a uh, embedded job versus a, uh, you know, turnaround inspector or claw job or something like that is, it is like, like you said, Frank, the, the knowledge that, you know, you'll, you'll get or that it's at least available to you if, if that's something you're interested in is the, the process and those damage mechanisms. Because you're working with the process engineers a lot. You're, you're interacting with the operators a lot more. And um, just the planning that goes into it too. Like, um, you know, yeah, like you said, why you're putting that specific NDE to it. Um, you know, we've had this damage before, so we, we expect to see it again. So you're really getting that history. And then if you're, you know, you're fortunate enough to, do the planning and the execution. Where sometimes you can just be keep moving along as a planner your whole career, which uh, you know some people probably enjoy that. But if you're fortunate enough to do the planning and the execution, that that makes for the best uh, inspection, if you will, because you're going to have like the wealth of knowledge of of the history, um, the, the operating conditions for you know at least the last year or however long you've been there, and you're going to know you know probably more about that equipment than even some of the some of the unit people do because you're just specifically working on you know maybe one area so yeah. you're going in with all this knowledge and uh all the scope that you likely created yourself and then you're going to execute it and you know what could go wrong right
1: yeah no for sure uh, another uh, another another bonus of the uh embedded role is that with these uh say daily occurrences well i guess they're not daily but you know uh, on the run kind of repairs and stuff like that, you get the advantage of actually working with the QC and you get to actually do follow through. you create, uh, repair plans, repair scopes. Well, I guess that's the same thing. Hey, uh, you get to interact with the contractor. I, QC. I guess
0: if you want to split it as far as like the owner repair scope that they create and then the QC or, or repair group comes up with their plan or IGP <laughs> or, or whatever. So, I mean, it's kind of Two things, but they essentially are like matching puzzle pieces, if you will.
1: Yeah, it's it's stuff you wouldn't do on your clawier job. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely put. <Yeah. laughs> you know, like the, I to get, but like there are some claw jobs where you would kind of follow through with the repair scope and repair planning, but normally it's it's left up to the staff of that facility. Uh, As opposed to embedded, you're acting as essentially staff at that facility and you would create those uh, repair plans and follow through with the QC, go witness the hydro test if needed, uh, follow up on all the NDE reports, review and accept if required. I guess if you were doing a repair, the contractor QC would accept those NDE reports, but you would accept the final documentation and do review of the final packages.
0: Yeah, you'd be doing their turnover review and that'd be things you'd be looking for, right? That, um, you know, some sort of NDE tech certified it and then, uh, you know, likely the QC person accepted it. So there's going to be those two signatures, maybe three, a helper or somebody on there too. But <laughs> yeah, that's something you'll be looking for. And then you'll likely certify, uh, you know, an AB40 or whatever, whatever they got going on there. So Um. Yeah. That that's one of the big pluses, especially for myself, because that's the stuff I like. Is is the repairs. Um. So, with the embedded type of role, you're going to be, you know, planning those, creating those well in advance. You're going to be working with the QC people. uh, You know, as you get a little closer to the turnaround, but but still well in advance, and they're going to be giving you their ITPs, and you're going to be going back and forth with that stuff. You know, putting welding procedures in place and kind of having all that planned and then you get into the turnaround and then there'll be a couple things that you know weren't planned or weren't 100% uh, expected so same thing you go and put a repair plan together issue it to them and then they they give you their ITP back and, and then you execute it inspect it sign it off close the bandway eventually and it, it's all it's all done it's that satisfying feeling and then and then you got all the post turnaround cleanup that everyone likes to do <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, you know, maybe one thing you would possibly, it might not fall under a claw job though, but you would have an advantage more so, well, I don't want to say more so as an embedded, but where do you think doing random external inspections falls under? Even, it's not really a claw job, even though you may kind of just get called out to do externals.
0: Yeah, I don't know. That one embedded. You know, it's hard to say, like when you're embedded, you, you'll get some of those, um, just when, um, you know, the workload just piles up in a specific area, I guess you, you could take on some of those. Um, you could even get called into a facility to, to do them. Like some places like to just do them all and, you know, through the summer or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. And they just time them that way and they'll just bring a contractor for a month or two. Um, some places, <laughs> like to try to get you to do them, you know, during the turnaround when everything's shut down, which you're not supposed to do, but... Makes sense. So, what do you so, mean? We have the yeah, manpower. Nothing's leaking. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So that, um yeah, I don't know where, where those fall into exactly. I guess it could kind of be anywhere. The The thing with the, say you come in for two months to, to clean up a bunch of externals that they've let pile up for a contractor to come in and do, it's not... um it's not like a turnaround where you're coming in and working twelve hours a day for four weeks and then getting out of there. It's it, it'll be more the the forty hour a week type of thing. Clean those up, do some reports, and and that's it. And then yeah, if you are doing the embedded thing, that that might be just something you you add on to whatever else you're doing, like turnaround planning or whatever.
1: Depends how close the nearest audit is or when the ESR is due. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, that's just kind of stuff like you being embedded you will get caught you know it's i think we found a new claw because if you are embedded and then another unit needs help a smaller claw will come and grab you and pluck you to go do inspections for that unit
0: I think that is more like, um, like claw. those those long hooks that they use, like in the theater when, oh, yeah, when, Sheep hook or yeah, something when you're like getting that, yeah. kind of booed off stage, and they just put the hooker around your neck and pull you off to the side. That's Sh- shepherd's the, hook, yeah, yeah. I don't know What those are called, yeah. shepherd hook job.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what that falls on the under. neck, of course. Yeah. Oh, obviously, obviously yes. <laughs> I don't know, Scott. This might be our first uh, short episode. I don't know Is there anything else we can elaborate um, on.
0: Th- like did we did we talk about like the NDE companies like we talked about in the claw jobs so you don't have you know a lot to do with them or or not very much depending on the the degree of claw but uh <laughs> with, with the more embedded job where you've been planning and you're doing the execution you're you're likely going to be um not really coordinating those people, but um, contacting their coordinator when when you need them, and and kind of kicking off that execution. And then and then even if not that, you're definitely going to be receiving the reports for your equipment that you've inspected. So you're going to be you know putting that all together, making sure that um, you know that hundred percent wet fluorescent you wanted or whatever it was got done, and your shear wave or whatever it is. That's all part of your inspection. It's it's not just the visual and the report. It's it's getting. Um, you know, either coordinating that n d or at the very least gathering the reports and making sure it's all done and just checking a box type of thing before you close it so um there's a lot more involvement there and then again, with whatever i m s program they're using right you're likely going to be if you've been the guy there planning and been there for a long time you're likely going to be um you know updating whatever uh i m s software that they use you know it could even be excel sheets whatever it is but you're likely going to be updating that, whereas um, you know the guys that came in just to kick off the turnaround probably not going to let them meddle with that. It sometimes creates more problems.
1: Yeah, they might not put it in the right format, or they delete stuff. Like I, I know on the last job that we were coordinators, inspection coordinators on, there was issues with some of the contractors we plucked into, you know, deleting stuff. And depends on how much access I guess IT gives them, right?
0: Yeah, and it's not fair. Either to um, bring somebody in, um, you know, as a visual inspector and then try to get them to run a, you know, very elaborate, very confusing when you don't know how to use it program. I mean, it's something that if you've used it for months and months and months, it's it's very easy and very simple to navigate. But just to get thrown into a, a program you haven't used before and everybody has their own different ones and people are coming out with their pri- proprietary Ooh, that's a tough yeah, one, that was good. type of programs too. So they all have their own different quirks and that. So it, yeah, it's not really fair to bring guys in for a turnaround and try to have them update that. Like Sometimes it works better just to have them do a good job on the reports and then you're more embedded type of people or even the staff people at that point can can do their updates. Yeah, Maybe less problems that way.
1: Yeah. I'll remember this too if you're a coordinator or someone <laughs> someone high up in the or even controlling the claw. Just remember what we go through. So. Claw
0: operator. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Scott, did we do it? Did we have like the first episode where we had a responsible time frame here? Yeah, we might have
0: uh, somebody actually listen to the whole thing. The whole thing, yeah. <laughs> Everybody drops off after what 15, 20 minutes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, we're working pretty hard. We're gonna try and have some uh pretty neat guests coming up. Uh, um, yeah, exciting stuff coming. We're trying to work on getting someone to come in and talk about uh drone inspections and kind of the future of that. That was something we kind of got enamored with on our last job. Oh, hit.
0: yeah, we took quite a liking to that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty
1: neat. So, <laughs>
0: very fascinating actually. Yeah, what they're doing with that stuff now is very cool. A lot. A lot of companies give are giving that a bad rap unfortunately and don't do not do a good job of it but man some of the guys that are that are good with it and uh do some pretty pretty neat things um not just industrial inspections all kinds of mapping and oh man just very cool
1: amazing machines actually yeah, it inspired yeah. scott and i to, uh, to actually go buy our own drones and yeah, uh, getting practiced up <laughs> scott's had the privilege privilege of watching me crash mine so uh <laughs> Pretty neat, and uh, I'm pretty enamored with the whole process. And actually, I was a hater, a big hater on it before, but uh, I think they're pretty useful tools. And uh, as the technology progresses, I think it'll only um, make our job easier, but also a lot cooler, I guess, as well, you know, from a geek kind of standpoint of it, (laughs) because you're incorporating these awesome little bits of technology in there.
0: Yeah, no, it's very cool, and they they have their limitations too. I mean, it's it's like the rope access thing. You can't you can't always do that. It has its limitations too. So it's, you know, for everyone that's worried about getting put out of work, Donsy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Donsy. Um, well, but no, just... they they have, they have their limitations too. But it, yeah, it's um no, it's it's very cool, very cool technology,
1: and it's uh,
0: excited to see where that's going.
1: All right, Scott, since you brought us in, maybe you can uh, sign us off with our little sign off there.
0: watch out for the claw